0: Something I want to test out, tell me if this is stupid. I don't really want to tell, say it on the podcast, and you go, okay. Is um, there is some research by Shoe and Shoe and Feld? Shoe Feld? Shoe Feeler? Bradley Shoe Feeler. Bradley Shoe um, He loves feeling shoes. He does all the time with um, Mike Poke My Mousy.
1: Mike Poke My Mousy. <laughs> So, incidentally, <laughs> I used to live in a flat in Edinburgh where... What a a segue. Well, so this is about... This is directly about shoe feelers. Okay. (laughs) I lived in a flat in Edinburgh where a guy knocked on the door, hair slicked back, wearing a shirt, looking looking a bit timid, answered the door, hi, can I help you? He's like, hi, is... uh, I've just come for the shoes. Saying, sorry, What? Is is you is is Sam here? Like, okay. And then by this point, all of the other flatmates had come round to the front door, And were kind of peering at him. <laughs> and then and then Sam, the other flatmate, walked past. Like, oh, you're alright mate. Yeah, yeah, sure. Two seconds. Went over, picked up a pair of his really old, like scraggly shoes, <clears throat> gave them to him, and off he went. And said, "Okay, thank you." And I I, I said, "Can I just ask why why have you come for the shoes?" He said, Well, if you must ask, I've got a foot fetish and I just uh, that is... would appreciate some old shoes. So he so he went off and I said to Sam, like, that's really very generous of you to give your old shoes and he he was like, Well, doesn't there's no skin off my nose. So he didn't sell them. No. You're right, so mm. there's a there's an opportunity. <laughs> but he yeah, I said that was very generous of you. He was like, Well, there's no skin off my nose and it's something that if they're going to bring him some joy...
0: Mm, gets yeah, rid fine. of... Because like, otherwise you just have the shoes
1: in your house. So I said, why didn't you give him them, them at the time? And he said... At the time? Yeah, so he said... The, the man followed me when I was in the street and said, I really like... Uh, can I have your shoes? Mm. And he, and Sam said, sure, mate, but... I'm wearing them. Yeah, I'm wearing them. I'll, you'll need to come back on Wednesday when I get a new pair. And I'll give you them.
0: So he's, he'd scheduled the purchase? Shed, yeah.
1: Why? I don't know why he did that. Right. But <laughs> So then he, and he did come back, he, as promised.
0: Because he's providing, it. he's like the rag and bow man, isn't he? Providing a service. Like, if you've got old things in your house you don't want, give them to me.
1: I love that your reaction, the first <laughs> first thing is instantly, how could he have monetized it? Rather than, <laughs> rather than that's weird. Well, you have, strange, you have a,
0: a lead slash prospect who is in pain. Yep. There is a demand. What? <laughs> They're in pain. And you have the solution to that pain. What, the bridge? There should be a toll, shouldn't there? So, across the bridge. Well,
1: in it, Really, there should be a market maker for these kind of things. And that would That's solve... That's a really
0: great idea. Like an Uber for fetish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because then... Like so a Deliveroo. Deliveroo. You're, you're offering a, um, a solution to the suppliers and the demanders.
0: Pretty if, good. I suppose it's when... It's at a point at which it starts to infringe on either human rights or the legality. Because fetish... I think most fetishes are a bit weird.
1: Maybe a bit weird, but if they they don't involve any kind of criminal activity... I agree. um, I think what I mean is... It's all all consensual. And even the violent ones are probably... uh, They're okay. Probably okay if it's consensual. Because then... The,
0: the, think of the documentation.
1: Oh, God. I, I don't know about GBH. I think if you do GBH, even if it is consensual... If you do GBH. I don't know whether that's... <laughs> if I've done some D, G, some GBH, then... To, to someone, yeah,
0: maybe they could turn around and be like... I think the number of fetishes... 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 fetish is Great. That are legal and in demand. Probably quite small. Probably not going to make a, a business out of it.
1: We don't know the stats, and they're probably
0: underreported because of (laughs) that. Is a fun, and also, how many surveys have been done? You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain, with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts,
1: Yusuf and Johnny, simple rules, dramatic results.
0: Back to shoe feeling, yeah, and and Brad Schoenfeld, the original shoe feeler, (laughs) the man himself. So he has found evidence of um, muscle gain in a calorie deficit. Right. So what I'm thinking... In natural training? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't have the study reference. It's actually it's Andy Morgan that I heard this off. So I haven't seen any of the evidence myself.
1: We can post the citation in the show notes on the Mm. website, prepaidfitness.com.
0: Unless Andy's lying. In which case, thanks, Andy. But, um, so, my training past six months has been squat bench deadlift in the majority. And I very rarely train um, back, shoulders, biceps, triceps, any of those muscles in isolation with any amount of volume. Like, there's maybe two or three sets in a week. So my thinking was to use a combination. So when I'm dieting, I'd usually use body weight, photos, and performance. Adding onto that, body weight, photos, performance, and measurements. Add strategically volume to, say, back, arms, shoulders, and see if during it, so coupling more volume with calorie deficit see
1: whether you can influence those measurements whether any
0: of the changes are positive I, i'm kind of in the perfect situation i think right?
1: that would be a fantastic article i would read that <laughs> especially if it was on propanfitness.com
0: so yeah so that that was my plan um but i mean should we just start talking about this now just, yeah welcome, well we're... welcome to podcast what is it 40 uh, every 40? i don't
1: i just don't think we should mention the number because <laughs> because then we can... Put we can just roll on. Yeah. Just a long conversation. Because it, the text will be on iTunes as well.
0: No Fine. One, yeah. Um. So in four weeks from the date of recording, I need to be 93 kilos uh, for British Nationals.
1: Which will be 4th of October. Yep. So welcome to the podcast. We are <laughs> discussing, as you may have guessed,
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm drinking the tea and I forgot the tea bag was in it. Has he got a shot? I looked down and I saw, like, this heinous object.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you didn't throw it on. A pale
0: thing with a big brown lump at one end. I was like, oh my God, what's in my (laughs) titty? Little squirrels or something. Sorry, welcome to the podcast. So
1: welcome to the podcast. We're discussing Johnny's diet strategy for the next four weeks. Mm. Right now he's 97 kilos, has to be down at 93. Well, So you
0: say the next four weeks, my intention is actually to go for a little bit longer than that actually probably around 12 weeks
1: so you're going to push to sub 90 if That you can make so
0: it. yeah so to give you a bit of background on this past three competitions I've been struggling to make weight for the day and like while there's no problem in that I don't think the reason that I'm struggling to make weight is because I'm sat at the, the top end of my genetic potential at the leanest body weight I could be um <laughs> We're gonna, That's we, right. yeah, pr- forget yeah, that carry on, yeah. Um, so yeah so I think I could be leaner I could be a leaner 93 and it wouldn't affect my com- my competitiveness I also think that as long as I keep a body weight uh, a cut and the drop of my body weight fairly moderate I don't think it will affect my strength or performance um, so my intention short term is to make weight in 4 weeks time and then longer term drop into hopefully 88-89 kilos just somewhere, somewhere sub 90 and then try and reverse a bit, a bit more slowly than I have in the past. So previously I've been sat around 95, dropped down for competition and then come straight back up again and repeated that strategy. Um, and I think probably the water cut and the time of low calories prior to competition probably does have a negative impact.
1: Too close to competition. Too close, yeah.
0: Acutely affecting. So being comfortably under my weight class, assuming I can do that, but I, there's no way that I have 93 kilos of lean mass, so I can be That's true under my... On the flip side, you're not fat right now, mm. like you still
1: you've still got a separation and outline of abs. So, <clears throat> so whenever anybody says this
0: to me, I just I just reference
1: Martin Burkhan,
0: I suppose. Well, I mean... So
1: he, so he's, he's just if you've not seen on his Instagram, go on the lean gains. Instagram. I would
0: say, I would say don't go on the lean Gains. because it, it, it'll just upset you. All you're going to do is spend <laughs> the rest of the day. Feeling the rest of the month, feeling terrible about yourself. Because he's and actually quite
1: lean in his. So he, I think he went from 100, 105 to. I think He was heavier than that
0: because I think he dropped like twenty kilos. Right, and he's he dieting
1: for six months. Dropped, right, and he had full abs. In, <laughs> Prior in the, in the first one, just he's just a thick ab. And he put he me, pulled
0: so. like three twenty, I think. Beltless. Beltless, mixed grip, <laughs> like no straps. Um.
1: Hips up, stiff legged so, basically. Yeah, just so, <laughs> so
0: he died even he got shredded, you know, he was below ninety. He's my height, incidentally. He's
1: now ninety point five and very, Oh is he? Very lean, yeah. Right.
0: I thought he was eighty something.
1: Possibly. So what is
0: interesting, his original article in two thousand seven, where he like showed his transformation. Do you remember that? So he was like eighty nine at the What, eighty eight. Eighty eight. So it's taken him that long to gain two kilos of lean mass. That's the, So that's pretty, you know, because the first thing I noticed on those photos was everybody was going, natural, question mark. Well, that suggests I that think, he is, doesn't it? Yeah, like if it's taken him, you know, pretty much 10 years to gain 2 kilos.
1: This is one of the unfortunate truths of being natural. being yeah, being a drug-free athlete. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe one of the other metrics that you can use, well... It, it's a potential way to to see if someone is drug free if they're making mad gains in a short period of time however the reverse doesn't always mean that it's true so if someone is has not made any progress in a long time but is also <laughs> using drugs they might just be training craply yeah
0: going everything wrong and have a bit of help but the so yeah the, I always I just think back to looking at Layne Norton in the warm-up room and just thinking okay <laughs> you are you're very lean and also, a lot of the top ninety-three kilo competitors are pretty lean. I think like there's there's just this misconception that powerlifters are, you know, aren't aren't aesthetic. So
1: at the regional level, that is very true, and we mm. see a lot of powerlifters that are basically um, just because I'm quieter. <laughs> that we see a lot of powerlifters that should be in one or even two categories classes, yeah. below what they are. So uh, but yeah as obviously as the standard goes up the requirement for um efficiently using your weight class and being mm-hmm. as lean as possible goes up as well mm-hmm. and uh you, you get some people in the lower categories that just look like small bodybuilders or probably are bodybuilders
0: mm-hmm. in- But so I'm writing an article on this subject you know but I think the the reason I'm 96 is not because so if we track back a year I'll have been probably 93 Sat, you know, resting in the off season. I'm now 96, 97, resting in the off season. There may be half a kilo of lean mass gain in there, but the, there's just surplus weight that's come along with that. So the the weight that I'm carrying that's p- that's bumping me at the 105s at the moment doesn't need to be there. and How As tall it, are you? Six one.
1: So I knew that, but I'm yeah. just <laughs> I'm just saying that. For how the, how uh... old are you, Johnny? <laughs> Where do you live? So. <clears throat> Yeah, so at one, if you're pushing 97, after, say, three years, it's mm. going to become less and less feasible to remain in the 93s, for example. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to jump to the 105s. So, yeah. so how long would you feel like you would be comfortable staying in the
0: 93s? So I would, if I was 90, so, so firstly, I just think that there's, there's a Mark Bell measure, which is if someone is abs lean at above 200 pounds, they're probably on drugs. And two hundred pounds is around what is it? Ninety point. What is it?
1: Ninety.
0: Oh God. Something around something between ninety and 91. ninety one. Ninety point seven. Yeah. kilos. So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm ninety point seven kilos, this is of for full someone abs.
1: with average height. So let's add on another kilo or two.
0: So then yeah. then there's the like the Lyle McDonald Martin Birkheim measures of like height minus one hundred. Height in centimeters minus, minus one hundred, which would put me your... at eighty five kilos contest lean.
1: So if you haven't heard of that formula, that's uh, a, a general heuristic used mm. to to see whether what your maximum level of lean mass is based on looking at a lot of a lot of bodybuilders mm. who are drug free, and that is so your height in centimeters minus one hundred. So let's say you're one hundred and seventy five centimeters. Your maximum weight at bodybuilding stage condition would be seventy five kilos.
0: I think there are some. The formula is a range. It's not always one hundred. I think it goes into the nineties, for example. But, yeah, some people are better. Like, um, like so. You know, I can be I, I don't wanna be contest lean competing in a powerlifting competition, but I could I think that tells me that I could be I could probably be ninety, ninety-one, ninety-two at a at a very lean body composition.
1: If anyone's been contest lean, you'll know that it's it's not the
0: ideal You don't wanna be stepping on it, you don't want to be doing anything that requires exertion. So I think um the the level of leanness you wanna be at, in my opinion, for powerlifting is there's no reason really to not be able to see your abs bit of a generalization but i don't mean vascular abs i mean some degree of separation looking relatively lean um,
1: unless you're in an unlimited weight category then you could always use your
0: then weight the weight weight, means to, weight doesn't it yeah. at that stage but you know when you when you're playing with wilks and you're trying to be as efficient as possible in your weight class i don't think it makes any sense to be affecting your performance transiently trying to drop down from 98 97 just be, and you're just there because it's comfortable to be there. You know you, you may as well.
1: So this is a mistake that we see a lot with um, beginning and intermediate powerlifters that mm-hmm. see the likes of Dave Tate and these kind of people and think that they also need to go on <clears throat> ridiculous bulks mm-hmm. and stay well above their weight class and really that's it could be just a justification for being much more loose with their diet and um, you know doing a muck bulk which muck bulk. <laughs> which is not a can good you idea So, with your with your approach, how are you specifically changing it, and what are you going to do over the next twelve weeks?
0: Well, so so this this Yusuf, I was going to ask you this question on the podcast. Oh my god! (laughs) I was going to ask Yusuf if he would help me (gasps) with. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Because as as you probably all know, I thought you'd never um, ask. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while now. Um, We do both subscribe to the idea that you know coaches need coaches and and Bryce is um overseeing my training at the moment um Bryce Lewis and um he does pieces of my diet but we kind of agreed when I when I started up that I would just be because I was so off season I was about as off season as it gets um I would I would sort of manage my own calories until I needed to needed some help um but this is kind of Yusuf's bread and butter so um I think the goal really is I don't I don't want to be dieting much past twelve weeks, I think if you get to that point um you you start to edge into the diet brainland um and you start to feel the effect the mental effect of dieting. I think I could probably go for let's say between ten and and fourteen weeks for example as a range maintaining my strength and also probably dropping between five and ten percent of my body weight in that time
1: so two little references there of um Coaches need coaches. Uh, Mm. Johnny's got a training video log on YouTube called that. So just search propane fitness coaches need coaches. We'll stick it in the show notes. Also diet brain. What we mean by that is the effects of chronic dieting. The, what happens, um, to very measurably and concretely (laughs) to your psychology when you get very lean. And we've also got a couple of podcasts about that. I think they are, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. Maybe episode 40. Um, And we've got a couple more why leanness shouldn't
0: be a goal, Mm -hmm. what happens when you get silly lean. We've spoken a lot Um, about about leanness, haven't we? I think. um, Very
1: popular podcast, actually. So have
0: a listen. It might seem quite contradictory, you know, me saying I'm dieting, but I think I want to emphasize that the reason I'm doing it is to. um, Exercising Your Lean Demons is episode 40. Great. Um, I'm doing it to enhance my performance, and I'm also planning to do it in a very data driven way. So it's not, I fancy getting a bit leaner. It's, I want to drop two X kilos. Do um, you have any
1: aesthetic goal built into that? So you're wanting to do some extra volume for back I think, and arms for a time. I think the
0: volume is is just my experimental side. I'm not going to lie and say that <clears throat> if as a result of that volume, my arms got bigger, I'd be like, oh, God no. damn it, <laughs> it's happened oh, nice. again. <laughs> um, you know, obviously that would be a nice side effect, but it would also be nice to, um, to be able to apply into my, my client's training. You know, if I could confidently say, so I have I have people running body parts specs if people have like a, a glaring weakness and their their goals are aesthetic, um, but I typically run them in the off season. Um, if the person's a competitive bodybuilder or physique athlete or whatever, um, if I could confidently run something like that in the in a dieting phase and feel like there was it was productive, I I have probably seven to ten years of, of training experience depending on at what point you you know if you count like doing curls in my parents' garage when I'm when I'm 15 training, then yeah, but um, I have seven to 10 years of training experience. So if I can get something out of increased volume t- in a targeted manner in a, in a calorie deficit, then I think a lot of people can as well. And
1: that style of training's actually going to be, despite your 10 years of training, it's going to be quite novel stimulus for you. Mm-hmm. Usually, I, I think for both of us, a lot of our training's been very powerlifting focused, apart from the initial, you know, when we started off, we did this kind of five by five style stuff, which is still more on the powerlifting side mm-hmm. of the spectrum than bodybuilding. So there is some untapped reserve with things like sets of 15 plus, oh, um, God, even yeah. sets of 30. And, you know, I, I've certainly found whenever I include stuff like that in the last few months, you get unreasonably sore from mm-hmm. doing like leg press. Like a, a, set, set or a
0: set of curls, for example, or like I, I sometimes do some overhead press work, but not, not very much. Not even going heavy, but it's just, yeah, just the volumes. It's new and different. Um, so I, I reasoned that I can add that stuff in, um, obviously run through with my coach ahead of time, but I can add that stuff in um, in a way that it, it probably won't impact my ability to keep up with squat bench and deadlift volume, which is a powerlift that is paramount. As soon as it does, that's a different thing and probably a conversation to, at the time. But um, So my approach is to drop to a, a body weight um, in, in a kind of contained time frame hopefully while managing and improving my performance and, well, at least maintaining my performance um, with the main lifts and then just running this experiment along the side.
1: So watch this space. Mm. I gratefully accept your... Uh, gratefully? Graciously? Exce- Gra- yeah. Accept I mean, you can your be offering. grateful. You can be grateful. Okay. Well, I, it's, I'm, I'm more gracious than grateful, so <laughs> just as a person. So I just need some macros. Fine. Go. Let's do it. Um, Go. Go. You want me to get your macros
0: on the podcast? Well, yeah. <laughs> you can talk through how you're going to do it.
1: Okay. So, Johnny right now is 97 kilos. If he gets it
0: wrong, by the way, if these aren't the magic macros... If these aren't the correct macros, then you you should send him yeah. angry letters. So... I'm probably more like... I think I was 95.7. Our Average will be 96.
1: <clears throat> so, we're taking his body weight in kilos times 2.2, body weight in pounds, and... So your protein range would be between 200 and 220 grams of protein. Fine. Um, then we are taking body weight times 13 in pounds rather. Oh so 211 times 13, that is 2,743 calories.
0: Do you know what I was going to do? You know, you know how Darren Brown does this with, with tricks when he has these shows yeah. where he'll like wrap up an answer in an envelope at the start, pass it around. And then at the end he opens it and it's the answer that he got the audience. Yeah. To say. So I was going to give, I was going to write some macros down and oh, some calories. See down, we but came to yeah. it. <laughs> I had 2,800 in my head. So right. but no, but go on. There we so go. You said 200 to 210. 200 to 220, 220
1: protein. protein. Um, 2,713 calories. And then we can make up the carbs and fat split as you see fit. The reason we're quite YOLO about this whole thing, by the way, um, is that you can put it into the most advanced Benedict, and mm. <laughs> Benedict, <Magnusson. laughs> Benedict Harris formula and whatever, but ultimately... It's Harris, Harris Benedict. Then. Harris Benedict, there yeah. we go. Um, but it's going to spit out a number, and then that number is going to have to be adjusted in <laughs> yeah, two weeks anyway. That's it, yeah. So it oh, really, yeah. the, the starting point, and I think a lot of people get very attached to like what their starting macros are for a diet, but, um and it and it's it, it's natural because it's the one thing that you can
0: hang on to. And, and yeah, people go <clears> for hours, you know, thinking, oh, is that the right amount of carbs, right amount of fat? Oh, carbs I is too t- high, too low. I remember we used to have extended talks stressing it, yeah. about oh, but, Carbs are too high, maybe. too low. I think, yeah, as Yusuf says, it's, um, there's, people have created a range of predictions based on averages that incorporate things like how active you are, your height, your gender, etc. <clears throat> but that could be wrong for you. And if so, it's going to need adjusting. Even if it's right, it's only going to be right for a period of time.
1: The leading indicators are you hitting your targets. Mm. and the expected deficit, for example, but you can't know that for sure. The lagging indicators are your body weight movements, and that's actually what we're going to focus on. So even if you're eating way off what the calorie calculator produced for you, but you're losing between 05 and 1% body weight per week, mm. that is what we're looking for, really, rather than um, trying to stick to some theoretical formula. By the way, I'm just so look outside this window. Wasp. Quite a few. They've just, oh, again, they've just gone over.
0: So, if you listen to our last podcast, you'll have heard, or one of our last podcasts, you'll have heard uh, the debacle with <laughs> Yusuf, myself, and Chris Williamson getting assault tag teamed. I think by by two wasps. We we reverted
1: <laughs> to little girls running around the room, <laughs> terrified. They of are wasps. frightening. Um, little, little bastards.
0: So, the, our model basically for managing this stuff is what the. Tracking Bundle 101 explains from start to finish. So I think everybody focuses on... oh That wasn't that Johnny wasn't, farting. <laughs> that was the chair. Um, people focus on the lag indicators and think that the lag indicators are all that matters. So Yusuf just explained that that is your body weight, also obviously your, your appearance, perhaps your performance, your training performance. But that will happen anyway. So that's measuring what's happening. It, there's very little you can do on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis to influence that apart from managing the lead indicators, which is your consistency to the targets. And uh, I think it, you know, it's understandable that people focus on the lag indicators on a daily basis. So they'll worry about their weight on a daily basis or how one session felt or how they look that morning. But that's like measuring your bank account at the end of the month and thinking you need to file for bankruptcy when you're yet to be paid. You know, it, it, these things change over time and it's about measuring the averages but managing the lead indicators as the the focus. So did I hit my macros today? Did I push my sets, reps, load, etc. While training? Um, so yeah. So that that's what the tracking bundle is, and that's how that's our model. So when I give this stuff to Yusuf, I know that that's going to be accounted for.
1: So as you may have heard in the Andy <coughs> Morgan podcast as well, the, the the devil's in the details and or the devil's in the adjustments. It's in the ongoing review of how things are moving how strength is what the measurements are whether you're feeling flat whether the weight is moving in the right direction um and it's you know it's a bit of an art as well so so
0: i am planning to make this a little bit of a a blog series looking forward to this yeah um i think the thing that will be new for me blobson goes blobby blobson (laughs) Blobson (laughs) becomes a blobby (laughs) dildo no one will know why you call me blobson or that you're called scoby that's true, actually. Okay, so um, Johan
1: Blobson is, is Johnny's uh, pseudonym because whenever we sign up for a powerlifting meet, the IPF are notorious for ruining names, misspelling. And <laughs> so I, I, I've been like Martin Baloney from Leicester
0: before. <laughs> You're from Sheffield, were not you? Sheffield. Sheffield you Unbelievable. Yeah, so they get Yusuf's name wrong, every, I think, every single time. It's quite impressive. I think even at, at the international stuff I've done, they've got my name wrong.
1: I can understand my name because it's, it's difficult, but... No, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, it it is one of the most common names in the world, actually. <laughs> just not in the but UK.
0: It's the same as any other name. And that is a sequence of letters. Like, if you enter spelling things... Like, so Jonathan can be spelled three or four different ways. So you shouldn't be writing it with an assumption. You should be checking how it's spelled. Do you know what I mean? Like, and if you hear Youssef, you shouldn't think, "I know, I know." How that's probably spelt. I'll have a go at that. I'll have a crack. You think, like, I'll check, and then I'll, all I need to do is copy that into here. And uh, I just I cannot comprehend the copy-paste. Like, if someone applied the same level of negligence to like performing something really important, so prescribing drugs, for example. Pres- <laughs> <laughs> But even, even, like, like little, surgery little uh, things like you know pulling up to the petrol pump and going like it's probably one of these. It's probably diesel. I'll, yeah, I, I think I, I'll, I'm diesel. I'll not check, but you know, maybe half and half. Incidentally,
1: know, um, propane athlete Joe <laughs> re- <laughs> recently filled up her car with uh, with diesel. She loves um... rather than unleaded. So, and and she, she's doing the show notes for this. So as well. she's so writing so the show notes. She's going to be, be cursing us,
0: <laughs> slamming the laptop lid down. So um, Blobson goes Blobby. We're looking forward to Blobson. <laughs> Yeah, so, I'm, comes. so so Yusuf's name is Scoby, and my name is Blobson, and they also are basically what we'd consider to be our alter egos. So if you've lifted before in a powerlifting meet or, you know, ever gone for a max set or something in the gym, you'll probably know the the feeling of, you know, tightening your belt, wrist wraps on, headphones in, and you you become a different person. You enter this different state. You tap into your own blobson. Your own blobson and your own scoby. And so blobson and scoby are who we become. Under, bar- under a barbell I suppose
1: so find so. your own Martin Loby <laughs> that'd be a good article man Arthur Choby yeah <laughs> 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 it'll happen right so looking forward to seeing this Lobby ser- series. Um, yeah. this is the that's the initial plan so that's it
0: like I've just been held accountable like, I came accountable. around here with a vague idea and just that's it the world knows now but yeah so let's discuss habit strategies We should
1: just wrap up this podcast and... Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, Okay, so... Go ahead.
0: (laughs) So that's everything for this podcast. As usual, propanefitness.com has the show notes. It'll also have links to the article series that we're referring to and all of the references to lean gains, Video logs, the rest of it.
1: Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Android, YouTube, whatever. Um, We are pretty much on every platform so you can't escape
0: us crucially two things one we are soon to discontinue 22 simple rules for dramatic results that ebook so if you haven't already downloaded that head to our website stick your email address in we'll send that to you and we have something new in the works that we won't be announcing just yet but keep an eye out on facebook for that top secret speak to you soon